Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. There is one running back at the top of the list of week 13 fantasy football rankings. Uh, one, because he's fantastic. It's Christian McCaffrey at the Philadelphia Eagles. But Hayden Winks, it's also because we have six teams on the bye. Buffalo Bills, Baltimore Ravens, Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings, New York Giants, and the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, he's truly by himself, even with the other players on the board. He's just by himself. Who could have seen this coming? <laughs> Fourth straight game that McCaffrey posted over 100 yards from scrimmage this past week. Um, despite it being the first time that he rushed for 100 yards in a game since week four. So it's not just, hey, receiving uh, that is going to get us home here. Now, once again, we get the rushing performance on top of it. And this Eagles team, despite this defensive line that we keep talking about, Hayden, they did allow 126 yards to the Kansas City Chiefs two weeks ago and 167 yards in total to this Buffalo Bills backfield last week, and especially that receiving aspect that we saw to James Cook. Yep, I heard he can catch the ball. <laughs> okay. He's <laughs> ready to move off of Tier 1. That brings us over to Tier 2. And I want to say that I put together all of these rankings visually for Hayden that he posts on Underdog Network every single week. This is, I think, the biggest shakeup of the season with a number of longtime mainstay running backs really dropping far down the board. And then some really getting their due, I would say, at the mm -hmm. top of the list. And he very much differs from consensus on some of these. And that leads the way with Zach Moss as running back two this week against the Tennessee Titans. So we have Jonathan Taylor's going to miss the next two to three ish weeks in the four games when he was the lead back way early in the season, he averaged 19.4 half PBR points on 17.6 expected uh, points. And then Steven Holder, who uh, covers the Colts, said that he, quote, strongly suggested that Zach Moss will get the overwhelming majority of the carries. There's precedent of this. I yeah. think we're going to go right back to the well. A lot of the other players in this tier, and it is a pretty flat tier to me, have at least someone on the side of them. That someone right now is Trey Sermon, who only played one snap last week. I don't think that he's going to get in the mix here, so it will be Zach Moss. Yeah, we only rank 30 running backs today. Just consider the 31st is Trey Sermon. Um, yeah. yeah, to your point about precedent, in the three games that Zach Moss played before Jonathan Taylor returned to the field, he handled 100%, 84%, and 86% of yep. the backfield touches. And it's not, just, it's not just volume here with Zach Moss either. Like, he has legit played good football. Um Richie Barr, sharp football analysis, the worksheet pointed this out. Zach Moss now has a run of 10 or more yards on 12.1% of his rushes this season. Where do you think that ranks among all running backs with 100 or more carries this year? Fourth. Seventh. So close enough. Yeah. But like I never considered Zach Moss a big play chunk gain player. And he yeah. definitely has been that this season, turning those forced mm -hmm. missed tackles into big yards. And this Colts offensive line, low-key, has been one of the better units across the league all season. Yep, really has. Uh, and they've already played the Titans. And, you know, we were very much fearing this Titans unit at the front of the season among the defensive line. 
regressed a little bit as the season has gone along. But for a while, Zach Moss was the only one that really hammered them. And that was 25 touches for 195 yards Dang. and two touchdowns in that game that they played back in week five. Real quick, this is the team that's leading in best ball mania uh, the regular oh. season right here. This is it's a zero RB build with, of oh, course, wow. Zach Moss on there. This is hit, 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 hit all the way down for basically 18 picks aside from Van Jefferson and Christian Watson. This team is as pure as it gets. Holy crap. What a unit. Yeah. I mean, it's a smart team, too. There's correlation throughout throughout this whole thing. To yeah. be able to hit on one Rashad White, uh, but two Raheem Mostert, then Gus Edwards as this year's Jamal Williams, <laughs> then Zach Moss and Kyron Williams, and the Texans wide receivers. Wow, it's a unit, and still throwing Van Jefferson uh, and Christian Watson even yeah. in there at times. Um, wow, what a team! And obviously, we have regular season prizes this year. Uh, yeah, this is best ball mania. There's probably just people that subscribe to our channel that don't even know what best ball wow. mania is, but yeah, well, that's our $15 million fantasy football tournament from a code, the show this summer. You definitely will know all about it. What a squad that is. Wow. Yeah, I'm overwhelmed. Bad. Okay. You're running back three this week was not on there. That is Travis ETN against the Cincinnati Bengals. So I saw somebody was uh, asking us why we only cover Calvin Ridley on stats versus film and never Travis ETN. Well, I got some notes for you. Uh, he is the biggest positive regression candidate uh, of the week. He's only scored 7.8 half PPR points this month. He's had 14.3 expected. So we've seen him play very efficient football previously. This Bengals defense is 27th in success rate allowed. Right now, Jacksonville's team total is back up inside the top 10. And he's just one of these guys where I think that they will go back to the well against him. I just think that the explosive plays have also been there against Cincinnati. Yeah. And this is a perfect opportunity to cash in positive regression. And in a way, his season has kind of relied on those explosive plays because he's almost like a between the tackle bruiser in some yeah. ways. And um, we know that he does have a, a big play in him. Like we have seen, you know, 30, 40, 50 yep. yard touchdowns out of him too. Okay. Kyron Williams is up next. You're running back four. This is against a Cleveland Browns defense. Obviously, we talked about it. This Rams offensive line just picked up and moved the Arizona Cardinals defensive front last week. That is a bit more difficult to do against this Browns team. A defense that has only allowed one running back to rush for more than 75 yards in a single contest this season. Yeah. So we'll see if Miles Garrett is actually playing this game. Same thing with... Denzel Ward. So this might not be the same exact Browns unit, still uh, somewhat terrifying, but Kyron Williams' just usage has been off the charts. He had the goal line role. He had the two-minute drill role. And right now what the Rams are doing is they're running to light boxes at the, the, the best rate in the league right now with these duo runs. And Kyron Williams not even being touched until he gets to the second level. So he's been really good. Royce Freeman is mixing in a little bit before the game gets out of whack, which is something that Kyron was not dealing with at the very beginning of the season, but last week absolutely dominated. I think that just this, he's such a perfect scheme fit that I want to ride this. Totally. Okay. Running back five, Isaiah Pacheco. This is against the Green Bay Packers on the road. We've seen Pacheco have bigger games when Jarek McKinnon misses. Are we yeah. expecting Jarek McKinnon to miss? He did not practice a groin injury for Jarek McKinnon, didn't play last week, and Last week, Pacheco had a season high with 26 routes. He had 18.9 expected half PPR points 
looked good on them. Obviously, the Chiefs are always going to have a huge uh, team total. But what I'm looking at this week is teams facing the Green Bay Packers decide to run the ball at the second highest rate in the league. So maybe a couple of these RPOs actually get handed off to Isaiah Pacheco. But to me, it's really just he's now we can project him for catching passes. So many of these weeks, he's catching like two, one, two, three passes. Well, now he's got the opportunity to catch four, five, six of them. And we know that the Chiefs are going to be down there. So I think that if McKinnon misses, that's huge news for Isaiah Pacheco. Rashad White, you're running back six. We've talked about his rushing performance. We've talked about how his receiving performance picked up since week five of this season. And at home, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be heavily favored in this game. He's the RB4 on RB5 usage this month. Last week, 52 of 60 snaps. So I'm not worried about his injury. I'm not worried about Baker Mayfield's injury either. The Panthers, very bad. Third worst against fantasy running backs. So this is a perfect opportunity for Rashad White to get out there. Yeah, I mean, the Panthers have surrendered a league high 20 rushing points per game to opposing backs. That's not including receiving work. That's just rushing points per game. Running back seven, Alvin Kamara against the Detroit Lions. Uh, Conversely, the Lions are actually allowing, despite us talking about their defense, a league low 3.4 yards on first down on running plays. Um, Alvin has lost a little bit of work a couple weeks ago. Um, he has only reached the end zone in two of his eight games since returning to this year, which halts whatever, you know, massive ceiling he might have so far. I'm still waiting on Chris Olave news, Rashid Shahid news. If those two are out, I think there's a chance Alvin Kamara climbs up a little bit more in these rankings just because there's like literally like nobody else like him, Taysom Hill and Jamal, maybe Jawan Johnson. That's it. Um, and if there's the wide receivers are just not out there, I just don't think that the Saints could keep their 51% neutral pass rate. So I think she's going to be more involved. We've seen that usage dip the last month of the season, right? Where like the beginning part after his suspension, he was absolutely dominating. I think we'll get closer to like the dominating usage rather than this kind of like borderline RB1 2 usage that he's been stuck with recently. Here's a note for you Alvin Kamara's 57 rushing yards per game are his fewest in a season since 2019. On the opposite end, his 6.8 receptions per game are tracking to be a career high. But obviously, wow. a lot of that receiving work was in those first couple weeks Four, five, as, the, yeah. as the uh, most glorified PPR scheme of all time. That was it was special. <laughs> <laughs> B. John Robinson is your running back eight. This is against a New York Jets defense on the road. A Jets defense, Hayden, that I'll say, um, as the games have gone along, have bickered and argued mm-hmm. and retreated a little bit. I also noticed there's allowing the six most fantasy points to running backs, which is not because their defensive line is bad. It's because right. their offense turns the ball over. And then all of a sudden the jets are in the red zone the entire time, they're always punting the ball. So their team has the ball all the time. Long story short, Bijan Robinson, I think is set up uh, pretty nicely coming off the post by rookie bump. Uh, we saw that wheel route touchdown. I think that he, there's a chance he gets more of the goal line, uh, work away from Tyler Algier in the last two games, 15.8, 14.6 expected half PPR points. So everything's back into the RB1 mix after like a good month and a half of like realistically like RB2 numbers. Despite all the frustration people had of, you know, drafting Bijan as the seventh or eighth overall player this season and the usage that we got in the first half of the season, Hayden, again, I'm going to ask you of all the running backs with 100 plus carries this year. Where do you think he ranks among the list of 
carries that equaled 10 plus yards. Is he like 10th? First. He's first. Wow. 16.3% of his carries uh, go for 10 plus yards. And that is starting to hit a little bit more lately. Yeah. Uh, I think the run blocking has been better too. And as you pointed out, the Jets defense, um, 30th in the league in yards from scrimmage surrendered to opposing backs at 150 yards per game. And opposing back fields are getting 32 touches per game. That's the key. Yeah. Scoreboard. Okay. Jameer Gibbs is your running back nine. The first of the Detroit Lions backs. Uh, I actually just probably want to just throw in the other one too. We can talk about these in tandem because David Montgomery is your running back 12 this week. Um, Both backs have an equal number of touches over the last two games. So talk through both being in your top 12 overall. So they're rotating drives until game strip completely went away last week where it was more Jameer Gibbs. We have seen David Montgomery slightly favored at the goal line in a couple of circumstances with both of these guys together, but both of them can survive because the Lions are number one in usage. So with Jameer Gibbs catching a couple more passes, he's averaged 14.5 expected points in his last four games with David Montgomery. Uh, The Lions... Once again, top five in team total up at 25 points against the Saints right now. So I think just kind of pick your kind of flavor of running back. Most people are going to have Jameer Gibbs way ahead of David Montgomery. I'm going to keep them pretty close together. I think the snaps and usage has been more favorable to Jameer Gibbs because of weird circumstances, that 75-yard touchdown run for David Montgomery. And then last week with the game script completely going the other way, I think there's going to be more often where the lions are going to be winning games. So I think these two are going to be back to back in my rankings. Most of the time, I think on other people's sites, those guys will be too far apart. Okay. Just a point to consensus rankings to get a picture of that. Jameer gives his running back nine for okay. them. And then Dave Montgomery's running back 15. So it is a, a larger gap for Perfect. sure. Um, they are facing the New Orleans saints okay. on the road. Uh, the Saints just gave up. We just talked about Bijan Robinson, 236 yards and two touchdowns to the Atlanta backfield mm-hmm. last week. Um, I will add that, and I love that we get comments from people who like do their own research and make their own points because it's showing that you all aren't just listening to us, that you're doing your own work. That why do we keep because like Reeves, for example, in PPR formats is mentioning um, Gibbs as a mid-tier running back two, and Dave Montgomery as a touchdown dependent high end running back two. I disagree with that for all the reasons that we talked about what you just said and on stats versus film and what just Dave Montgomery has been doing this year. Like in the last, let's say since week four, the last five healthy games that he's played, he hasn't finished below running back 13 on any given week. Like this team scores a lot of points and they're really good at run blocking and they utilize their running backs as a focal point of the offense. So to me, ranking them as top 12 running backs every single week, that doesn't mean they're definitely going to get there. But in the range of outcomes of how the running back landscape is, especially when there are six teams on a bye, it makes sense to rank both yep. as top 12 running backs. I agree. Okay. Sorry. Just like no, that's, having a conversation with the people. The, giving the commoners what they need. There we go. Tony Pollard is what they need as your running back 10. I'm actually serious about this. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go back to the runs of 10 plus yards because this year we've talked Boy. about how – Tony Pollard has not been explosive, right? Um, Over the past four weeks, Hayden, 
He's had a run of 10 plus yards on 13.5% of his carries. It was just 6.5% before that. Uh So we are getting back to, again, some more explosive stuff. It's not going to equal the 16.5 of last season, but that's fine. Yeah, the the thing we're always chasing here is implied points, and the Cowboys are projected for the second most points on the week. The only difference, though, is the Cowboys have been very pass-heavy, I believe. They are second in neutral pass rate over the last month of the season. So things have gone a little bit away from Tony Pollard, but maybe the super pass heavy game plan is giving them lighter boxes. And now Tony Pollard's able to break off a couple more runs. And also because they're pass heavy, you know, they're actually moving the ball to get into the red area. Maybe Tony Pollard gets a couple extra chances here. So uh, the usage, the production has been more RB two level for most of the season, but this Cowboys offense is absolutely firing so i'm going to keep him on the rb1 border to reiterate the point about pass heavy uh his 19 touches last week were his most in a game since week six yeah and the seahawks are a kind of a run funnel just because they have a better secondary than front seven in my opinion they're fourth worst against fantasy running backs okay we kick off tier three and that begins with austin eckler as your running back 11 haven't said that at all this season ever um, that's facing the New England Patriots this week. Again, Reeves does a fantastic job laying out the landscape of where Austin Eckler is right now out of 35 running backs with a hundred or more carries this season. Austin Eckler is 28th in yards per carry 30th in success rate 33rd in explosive run rate and 30th in rate of runs to result in a first down or a touchdown. Yeah, it's, it's been tough since the high ankle sprain, smaller back lots of big hits he's taken over the years so i think it is time to adjust how much of the efficiency is gonna go back this last month for example rb14 on rb3 usage the usage is going to be there because the chargers have no other option to throw the ball to eckler into keenan allen the chargers still projected for 23 points against the patriots so can't ding them too far beyond this but i think the like 120 yard days are probably behind Austin Eckler at this point um, just doesn't look like the same player. We continue with Ramondre Stevenson as you're running back 13. This is against the Los Angeles Chargers on the opposite end of this. Um, we're hitting in a weird way, despite how much of a uh, team on fire in a bad way yeah. the Patriots are. The best point of Ramondre Stevenson's season, he now has three straight games of 100 total yards. Coming off the bye last week, 53 of 68 snaps. So that is bell cow type of usage, 15.5 expected half PPR points. And keep in mind, that's RB1 numbers on a team that's only scored seven points last week. So they're projected to score 17. We'll see how close they get there. On top of that, the Chargers are allowing the second most re- receptions to running back. So he looks good to me. And if it's Bailey Zappi, Bailey Zappi only can throw the ball to one spot on the field. It's between the hashes, three yards or or fewer uh, down the field. I I think the receptions might be important here because, you know, he's got 20 and 21 carries over the last two weeks. And even if the Chargers aren't great this year, um, I think that the Patriots will be working from behind and he won't equal those 20 plus carry marks. But we we talked about precedent earlier in the show. There's also precedent of Ramondre Stevenson being a, RB one level player on an awful Patriots team. Look at the stretch he went on late last year. They're removing Zeke, just how they removed Damian Harris last year. 
Okay, Raheem Mostert is your running back 14. It's time for the worksheet's best stat of the week. Okay. And here it is. The last time that a player 31 years or older had the 15 touchdowns that Raheem Mostert has this season was Terrell Owens wow. in 2007. And the last running back, 2004 Priest Holmes. Priest, what a what a beast. Yeah, so we're so- getting Priest Holmes stuff from Raheem <laughs> Mostert this season. Pretty crazy. He was due for a long touchdown, and boy, did we get it last week. Still waiting on Devon Achan news. He was limited on Wednesday. It seems like he's trending probably the right way, but we need to see full practices from him. If Achan does miss, I'll move most for well above this. Uh, the Dolphins have the highest team total of the week at 30, and there's like a huge difference. Like Even like the fourth and fifth highest projected teams were like at 24 points, so they're like completely by themselves so i want to get raheem mostert as high as i can i do think it will be a committee he's been the rb24 in usage this month he's just been so damn good across the entire season so he has like break the slate upside um but we'll see on devon achan yeah i mean mike mcdaniel might not think he needs to use achan in yeah. this dynamic against the commanders who yes. have allowed 140 yards from scrimmage per game to opposing backfields yeah. with eight touchdowns to backfields over the last six mm-hmm. games. Okay. Running back 15, Javante Williams. Uh, I feel like in the world of streaming services, it is very easy to forget that you subscribe to a platform for just one show, one event, one game, and then get charged over and over and over again. We've all been there after checking our monthly bank statement, and that's just the start of the process. After that, you have to find out where to cancel, how to cancel, click on this button, that button, email this person, that person. But now there is one easy way to take care of all of that. It is rocket money. It shows you all of your subscriptions in one place and then cancels them for you, whichever ones you do not want. And in fact, Rocket Money can find subscriptions you did not even know you were paying for. That's like an extra, you know, five, 10, 15 bucks that you found in your couch cushion. Again, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money is over 5 million users and helps save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So, Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash underdog. That is rocketmoney.com slash underdog. Rocketmoney.com slash underdog. He now recently has 77 carries for 266 yards over his last four games. Just good for 3.5 yards per carry. Uh, 56% of his runs in that same time span has been against loaded boxes, uh, which is fourth in the league. Not a surprise. I think just teams know what this offense is going to be. And it's very run heavy. My question to you, last week, Javante Williams lost not one, but two different goal line touches to Samaj mm-hmm. P. Ryan, and they came on different parts of the game. So Javante Williams was still had like enough usage to get by as an RB2, but I'm tempted to get in like the RB1 mix because the usage has been like near that. Do we think that the Samaji P. Ryan goal line business is here to stay or if that was just weird circumstances? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I cannot answer that question. I did not give enough time to this game this week to rewatch it and come up with a better answer. Uh, I just didn't see enough Julio McLaughlin on that chart. <laughs> I forgot about Julio McLaughlin. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, that's against the Houston Texans, by the way. Uh, Devin Singletary is up next on the opposite end of that matchup. Denver is allowing a league high, actually, 79 explosive rushing yards per game to opposing backs, which is an interesting stat. So if you gain 10-plus yards against them, it is most likely you're going to get a big gain against them. The issue, the Texans this year probably rank bottom three, five, and yes. oh, carries yeah. to equal 10-plus yards this season. At least Devin Singletary was the goal line back last week. Uh, Damian Pierce got in there a little bit, but kind of just like an early down invaluable rushes type of back. Devin Singletary was out there for the two minute drill on top of that, got all those receptions. So the usage is fine enough for Devin Singletary. It wasn't what it was with Damian Pierce sidelined, but still, even if I, I took the sample from week four and beyond, because week three, the Broncos gave up a billion points to Achan and Mostert. Even after that, from week four on, they're still 31st in rushing success rate. The explosive plays are still to be had against this linebacker core. Even if the secondary has gotten their act together to some degree, the ground game certainly has not. So it's a good spot for Devin Singletary. The team total for the Texans is, uh, I believe, top five on the week. And then going back real quick to Javante Williams, even the Broncos are projected for 22 points, which is above average. So this is a good sweet spot for kind of the RB2s. Okay, before we go anywhere... Um, we are, let me look this up right now, live on camera, 91,971 subscribers in. That means we need another 29, Let's, you know, go mark by Mark here. 29 of you right now hit that subscribe button right now. My wife is not eating until we're at 92,000. <laughs> That's on you guys. <laughs> Juice cleanse on the way. Okay. We'll keep it moving. Thank you all. Really appreciate you tuning in uh, this deep into the season. Derrick Henry is your running back 17. This is against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, first time these two teams played, Derrick Henry had 16 touches for 62 yards um, and was only able to carry the ball seven times for 20 yards after halftime. That is always the world that we potentially live in now with this Tennessee Titans team. Yeah, over the last month, he's been the RB26 in usage just because not using the past game. Will Levis offense, very inconsistent. Uh, he's only averaging 11.7 expected points with Will Levis. Now, game script is supposed to be decent. They're only the point spreads at one right now against the Colts. And what I've noticed recently disrespectful is right. Um, the Texans have been more run heavy recently than they were early on in the season. Uh, in neutral situations. So I do think this could be a week where the big dog gets back to like 20 carries in the game. Um, Jess, it's been fairly bad all around for the Titans offense. Yeah, I am I know they're at home here. That's pretty disrespectful to the Colts. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Colts okay. without Jonathan Taylor and, you know, yeah. well, I mean, among others. Zach Moss has been fantastic. Yeah. This season. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay. Zach Charbonnet up next. You're running back 18. Again, just as Zach Charbonnet gets the starting job, he faced the San Francisco 49ers last week and now is on the road at the Dallas Cowboys this week. So he did play 87.5% of the snaps, yeah. which led all week 13 running backs. But again, tough matchup. I thought he looked good. There was a couple of times where the play just got completely blown up and lost like three yards immediately. But I thought he was making defenders miss. He obviously has the size. He got the bell cow profile from last week and back at college so i do think this is a good spot i was trying to get charbonnet 
even higher this higher than this in my rankings. The Cowboys, not a good spot, obviously. Like the Seahawks only project for 18 points. That's like bottom five, bottom 10 on the week. But if you really look into the numbers, mm. Dallas, they are 31st in success rate allowed on runs. If Charbonnet can get going, maybe there's a little weakness on the Dallas front seven to run the ball a little bit better. But game script has to be on his side. That said, even going back to the Geno quotes on stats versus film, I got to get the ball out a little bit quicker. Does that mean a couple more passes to the, the ground or to the running backs? Maybe so. Maybe, I might maybe to the ground. Win. Yeah, to the, <laughs> to the ground. That would not be good because I have already made some underdog projections with uh-huh. Gino higher than 21 and a half receptions. Uh, if you guys want to go tail me on that, but I'm, I'm trying to move Charbonnet up. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers running backs now in back-to-back spots. That is Jalen Warren as your running back 19 and Najee Harris as your running back 20. This is against the Arizona Cardinals defense while also being in Pittsburgh. Again, the Cardinals defense has been passive all year long and they just got uplifted last week against the Los Angeles Rams um, and this Steelers offensive line since it was reshuffled a little bit moving Broderick Jones over there to right tackle has been really good this season. So I'm not saying they're going to give up, you know, 287 yards and three touchdowns, to the Rams backfield uh, to the Steelers backfield this week, but maybe hitting at least the average that the Cardinals are giving up yeah. and 151 yards per game to running backs. That's pretty good. This is total eruption spot for both of them. Their playing time is very equal. Their touches, goal line opportunities, all that fairly equal. Over the last month of the season, Jalen Warren is PFF's number one running back in rush grade. Najee, ninth. And I've talked about it the last couple weeks. On Every single time we're watching stats versus film, Najee looks decent. Obviously, the offensive line's playing better. I think we like the, the play caller a little bit better. My question to you, where do you think the Steelers ranked in team total this week? Team total this week. I, I'm going to say, and this might be way too high. I'm going to say eighth, seventh, oh, 23 and a quarter points. So wow. you guys are going to be absolutely flabbergasted by where I have like Kenny Pickett and Pat okay. Fryer my rankings on future shows. But moral of the story, the Cardinals is just completely falling apart on the defensive side of the ball. So Jalen Warren, Najee are both strong plays this week. Um, In previous years, we have pointed out that Najee Harris just totally lacked explosiveness. Um, Hayden, this year, he already has 11 carries of 15 plus yards. Last year, that was seven. In his rookie year, that was nine. And that is just on 143 attempts this year compared to 272 and 319 in the previous two years. So there's a reason why we haven't talked about this season. Oh, Najee Harris isn't creating chunk gains because he's doing it much more often than he did in previous years. I think it makes sense. Like to me, he was like putting on this extra weight so he can like yeah. hold on to like a, a like a 350 touch profile. He looks way better when he's touching the ball 200 times across the season, as every running back in the NFL would look. Hayden's actually telling someone to lose weight. Wow, Le'Veon Bell I, said that said the same. <laughs> Devon Achan is up next for you at running back 21. I don't think we need to hit on this. Um, if he plays, yeah. he plays. It's a total wait and see approach. Brees Hall though. As running back 22, I talked about in stats versus film that he's going to eclipse 1,000 yards this season in total, which is huge for a player, obviously coming off an ACL. 
And considering what the situation is, uh, this is against the Atlanta Falcons. Here's a fun note for you. The Atlanta Falcons are the remaining team in the league that has not allowed a rushing touchdown to a running back this season. Pretty impressive. Yeah, they're number two against fantasy running backs now. No Grady Jarrett for the rest of the season for Atlanta. But the problem of facing Atlanta is they're so slow pace and run run heavy on the other side of the ball. This game will have no volume. The Jets don't want to move the ball. The Falcons don't want to play with any pace. So volume is a huge concern for Brees Hall. He's still waiting for the big plays, but that's basically it. I think a Tim Boyle offense is completely unserious. They're only projected for 15 uh, points this week as a team. And then I looked at just to see like where a little heat check on Brees Hall, where he is this year. His broken tackle rate like 25% down from where it was last yeah, season. But He's, I think I think broken tackles are also more speed. difficult behind the line of scrimmage. Right. Last year's offensive line was not very good either, though. Uh, and then But just, we got a bunch of edge runs and things on the outside. Like right. we saw that quite a bit. I do think that there's some of the elusiveness, I would say, has been a little bit downgraded. That makes sense. Like the straight line speed got there and he's working his way back with the other stuff. He's still really damn good. So uh, it's just hard for the Tim Boyle offense for Brees Hall to make the most out of it. DeAndre Swift is your running back 23. I think this might be low, but I'm a somehow a DeAndre Swift stand now. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a really fun matchup between this Philadelphia Eagles offensive line the San Francisco 49ers defensive line. Um, I will add, obviously, the 49ers defensive line, very good at stuffing the run, just this defense entirety. But San Francisco is allowing um, more receptions to running backs this year. Does make sense. Um, despite, you know, keeping 8.7 rushing points per game to opposing backfields, which is the fourth best in the league. DeAndre doesn't catch that many passes, though. Totally. You know? So that's, that's his problem. Like, Teams facing the 49ers pass the ball at the third highest rate in neutral situations. The Niners have allowed the fewest running backs uh, carries by a huge margin. And then DeAndre Swift is not getting the receiving usage that he needs to make good on this. Like even like the last month, he's the RB 23 on RB 18 usage. The Eagles team total is down at 22 in a quarter points, which is typically it's at like 25 to 30 points. So everything's just working against DeAndre Swift. He's still a fine player. It's still a good offensive line. Hopefully Lane Johnson is ready to go. If if not, this would be a huge deal. But yeah. it's just one of those weeks where like we've predicted huge games from DeAndre Swift because everything was going his way. This yeah. is just the reverse. Yep. James Conner is up next. This is at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Should we call this a revenge game? Yeah, why not? It's all it's more fun to say it is. Okay. Um to be honest, they're just passing too much for James Conner to be relevant. Right. Yeah, the, the usage is not there. I believe RB30 this month, they're just passing the ball more with Kyler Murray. It hasn't been very effective with Kyler through the air either. Um, I do want to give James James Conner his flowers, though, because he is number one in the NFL in broken tackles forced and number one in yards after contact per carry this year. Runs James Conner, dude runs mega hard, playing through some injuries as well he's losing the routes to michael carter they just brought him in last week so it's gonna be a tough spot i I think they'll try to get him into the end zone for the revenge factor against the steelers but like the cardinals are just not projected for that many points and i don't trust this cardinals offensive line with a healthier uh front seven in pittsburgh might be spicy if you all know what i mean in the uh 
pick'em lobby for a James Conner touchdown this week. Some little couple scorchers. Little scorchers. Okay, I'm just gonna throw out some names here because uh, we get like Brian Robinson against the Miami Dolphins, which is gonna be a negative game script. Don't love that when that happens. Yeah, Chuba Hubbard at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, good luck with that guard center guard combination running against Vita Vea this no. week. It will not be fun. <laughs> None of these guys will be fun. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> Jerome Ford at the Los Angeles Rams. I actually think this one could be a little bit more fun. I mean, this Rams team is a team that can be run on. They yep. are allowing 4.25 yards per carry to opposing backs. Yep. And we saw Adam Schefter come out today that if DTR misses, Joe Flacco is probably the starting quarterback just Try to revert your mind back to Joe Flacco starting at the front of last season for the New York Jets and how many receiving points we got for the running backs involved there. Yeah, uh, Brees Hall's production is just a factor of Joe Flacco's ability to throw him the ball. (laughs) Ever since then, it's been bad news. Um, with, With Jerome Ford, if Flacco starts, that's good news for him. And then also Kareem Hunt, just before we went live, he is dealing with an injury. So before the... I, I learned that this is where I had him ranked. So there's probably a good chance that Jerome Ford goes up from here. He just lost the goal line opportunities again right. last week. And there's just not well, that, many that. Yeah. But we maybe you get cream hunt out of there. Then I think Jerome Ford be, would become that guy. Cause I don't think they want to give Pierre strong the goal line role. Well, cream hunt is your running back 30 that might even tank after this. And so the two in between, just to close this out are AJ Dillon as the running back 28 and Joe Mixon all the way down there. Thanks to Jake Browning as your running back 29. So with AJ Dillon uh, against the chiefs Packers only projected for 18 points as a team that checks out because you know, the chiefs are good. AJ Dillon's averaging just under 11 expected points without Aaron Jones this season. The problem, he never meets the expected points. That's just AJ Dillon's personal problem. And I don't expect that to change against Kansas city. They might get a linebacker returning too early in the week to kind of figure all that out. And then, yeah, with Joe Mixon, he had season low 6.7 expected points. Also a candidate that typically doesn't reach his expected points, especially now with Jake Brown. They ran 41 plays in offense last week. I mean, that's just, that's no good. I will say this for Joe Mixon. This maybe just ends up being a little pick them thing. Jacksonville is allowed the most running back receptions. We talked about they want to pass the ball. Jake Browning might throw a couple receptions. So maybe yeah. if you get a, a weird line with Joe Mixon's receptions, we can go hunting in the pick and lobby. But for fantasy purposes, RB3 flex. Okay. That's it. I think we should get out of here. It might be a record show for running back tiers or tiers. I don't want to talk about the next list. We will get sit-start questions from guys like Antonio Gibson, Miles Sanders, Tyler Algier. I just didn't include them. It's just not worth our time. At that point, you're just you're praying. Well, Sunday morning, we'll be here to answer all of them. So join us if you never have. Week 13 is the perfect time to do so. We will have running back tiers right now. We will have tight end and quarterback tiers plus defense for you sickos tomorrow. And then wide receiver tiers on Friday plus a little extra special episode of scheme hitting your subscription feeds at some point just on the integration finally of calvin ridley into the jaguars <laughs> offense all right Let's go that's it hayden's rankings will be up tomorrow as always you can find those in the link in the description down below and go play on underdog fantasy people do it promo code the show or hit the link in the description for a deposit match up to 100 dollars for weaves For Hayden, I'm Josh. Up the villa. We'll talk to y'all soon. See ya.